listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. On a day in which we have a starting quarterback named in Philadelphia, plus moves being made around the league as we prepare for the open of the regular season. What is the Vegas lead here on this Tuesday? Well, obviously Cam Newton, but I'm going to get right into the AJ stuff. And if you want to set this up, Jonas, however you want to, but how good is Cam Newton? How much of the, and specifically the fact he was cut, does that mean that he's worthless? He has no worth. Or does it mean something else? To me, that's the first question I want to get into, however you want to frame it. Yeah, and it was the shocking news earlier today to some people. Cam Newton, not even was he that he was not named the starting quarterback of the New England Patriots. That nod goes to Mac Jones. But Cam Newton released by New England after a year plus as quarterback, taking over after the departure of Tom Brady. You know, a, a friend of the show and, and, and a real close um, associate with a lot of the Fox people, Colin included, John Middlecoff, predicted this. And he backed off it a little bit after Cam had, you know, I can't remember exactly the circumstances uh, exactly when he backed off. But it was like, I think Belichick's going to cut Cam. This is probably two weeks ago. And so I think he gets probably 75% credit. It was a heck of a prediction. I did not expect this. I thought Mac Jones starting was a viable option. Um, Very possible. But I thought Cam was undoubtedly a great backup. I mean, obviously, if you just think about it, no one thinks that Brian Hoyer is the better backup than Cam. The question is, why did he get cut? And Jonas, maybe you've read some inside reporting I haven't seen. Do you have any sense, not your opinion, but from the reporting on why Cam was cut? No, I think there's just speculation. I mean, he had, you know, an Instagram post in which he said, I appreciates all the love and support and, and it's all good. Don't feel bad for him. But I think the speculation is that maybe they either they didn't think he was a viable backup just from the the shadow of Cam Newton being there and just his presence and, and you know, his resume. Or maybe Cam Newton just said, I, I don't want to be a backup. I want a chance to start somewhere. And he didn't feel like it was New England. Yeah. And, and, and I think an, <clears throat> another possibility would be New England says, listen, we'll cut you. Go try to get a place that's, that's better, you know, for a viable starting competition. And I, I haven't heard anyone talk about this, but I would think it's very possible he swings back around and, and, and rejoins. Because the question is, what team would he be able to join now and learn the offense in a way that would be a viable starter? Right. The whole yeah. off. Yeah. So my thought is, and I don't even think this is debatable this year, Cam Newton is more valuable in New England than anywhere else. Now, is he valuable enough in New England to keep on the team? I think most certainly. A.J., you disagree. 
I do disagree. I, and I think, and obviously it is speculation, but I think the, the Vax thing, whether it's fair or not, plays into this. I, I, I don't think Bill Belichick wanted distractions. I think the, the possibility that he could even lose a game of quarterback backup, based on so, this. So, so you're saying to not be the starter, I could see the COVID vaccination question being a big part of it. I agree. But to say you think they cut him because they think he's worthless. Not as a person, but as a No, not as as a a person. I I do think that Cam Newton, as a football player, is maybe we're not talking about enough, kind of washed up. And RJ, you you talk about, you know, not not looking at counting stats. QBR, the the best stat available to us, his last five years, 47, 22.5, 53.2, 51.5, 47.1. That's his five years. That's that's that. So one to a hundred on the QBR, and the average has drifted up. Originally, it was set where fifty would be average, so now it's moving towards uh, what Mackenzie like fifty-five being average. Yeah, fifty-eight last year was a high. Okay, so those numbers are saying Cam Newton is a slightly below average quarterback, but that would be a below average starter. So well, last he, year he was he was between Drew Locke and Nick Mullins in mm-hmm. QBR. Yeah, and Nick Mullins at, at San Francisco. So what number was he last year? He was 30 out of 33. Yeah, So and, and remember, QBR keeps uh, rates running as a big portion of it. Yes. So, a lot, you know, like passer rating doesn't. So, in theory, QBR is going to be better for Cam. I, so, I don't think five years matters. I think the only years that matter it would be one year last year. The, de- the debate was, did Cam getting COVID last year physically take its toll in a lingering way that hurt? Because he was a lot better. Just think back to the Seattle game. He was a lot better before the COVID, as you would call it, AJ, than after. So a lot of people thought, hey, if you actually look at the year before, so to, uh, that would be 2019, before he got hurt, the first half of the year was outstanding. See, I was optimistic about Cam in 20 because, the, you know, the first half of 19 was so good. Then he got hurt, and he was playing hurt, and it wasn't near as good. But does anyone quite – how many let's, – let's ask Jonas. What backup quarterbacks are clearly better than Cam Newton? And, you know, obviously we can say Andy Dalton's a back. I mean, to some degree we can debate who's the backup in certain positions. But would you agree Cam's in the top ten of backups? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, no do, doubt. Do you disagree with that, AJ? I do not. All right. So then why wouldn't you want one of the best backups in the league? Because I don't want $6 million tied up to my backup quarterback. But the, the, but that was the $6 million is a number that was with um, – Bonuses and all kind of things that, as a backup, he would never reach. So he's well, that's a, fair. Yeah, but I mean, also he's a very I, economical backup quarterback. I, I also don't like the idea of having a quarterback who, if my young quarterback struggles, people are going to be clamoring. Oh, let's get Cam out there. Let's look at what Cam did in 2015. He can does do that, that again. Like Bel- does that seem like Belichick though? Worried about no. That? If anything, he wants his uh, uh, quarterback to have high stress on him because he wants to see if he can handle it. Does it seem like Belichick to want a quarterback who's still refusing to get vaccinated, even though he's had to deal with issues twice now? now to me, that seems like the it's, least it's, Belichick thing you know something i agree with you and that's why i I was asking about the reporting because i would wonder how much of it was a matter of that now here's the thing you brought up an interesting point you were saying it's the practical reality of might miss games 
but it's also the potential of a distraction, meaning the COVID vaccination status being a, you know, lingering question. And, you know, if Camp did get it, then it'd be a big distraction. I think that could be a, a big factor. I mean, once again, I strongly feel after he was initially cut, Tim Tebow would have certainly been a backup quarterback in the league, except backups and distractions don't go together. There's not celebrity backups, to quote Colin. And I agree with him there in that the, the negative of the distraction is significant with Cam. And I think even if Cam, there wasn't a COVID slash vaccination issue, COVID or Cam is just a celebrity backup. And that's kind of tough. And I also think that the thing that makes me think that he's going to let Cam take a pass around and see and then maybe double back is how tough of a decision this was. Meaning if this was an easy decision, Belichick would not have waited and waited and built the anticipation. Usually in PR, if you want to build up the anticipation, think about American Idol, is you have a pre-show, you have something else that feeds the machine, and people are talking and talking, and there's anticipation. Who shot JR? Then at the end of the third episode, you say it, and everyone's waiting, waiting, waiting. Isn't that what Belichick kind of did here? Which is the opposite. I, th- I think he was trying to make a decision. And my guess is the minute he made it, they planned on announcing it, you know, soon after. If that's the case, then as of yesterday, they didn't know what they were going to do. And if that's the case, it means it was a close call. And if the contract says that keeping him as a backup is not a big deal, which is certainly true, it's not a big deal financially, and it was such a close call to drag it out. Man, it feels like there's another reason he got cut. It could be that the COVID thing, they just don't want any part of it. Or it could be that they respect Cam enough to give him a chance to get on a place so he could be, have a better chance as a starter and otherwise come back to New England. AJ first, then Jonas. Well, if you remember when they signed Cam Newton, he was on the scrap heap. It looked like Cam Newton was going to be kind of forced into retirement. There wasn't no, anybody no, knocking no, no, down no, no. Cam's door. Question, hold on. Let's let's not revise history. The question at the time was was he going to get a 20 million dollar deal? Was it and then when they ended up signing him for, you know, really low numbers, it was Cam saying if I'm going to have to sign cheap, I'm going to do it in New England. But I I strongly feel, and Jonas, maybe give your opinion on this, that if New England somehow didn't pick or select Cam to sign a contract with them, that there were multiple other teams that would have at that price. It wasn't like New England or retire. That wasn't my sense at all. Uh, It was a surprise he came in so cheap, which is a sign that the market wasn't as robust. I agree, AJ, but I don't think it was about retirement. What what do you remember, Jones? I I, I don't think there were as many options for him, but I think it was also one of those, if he was going to sign with a team, it was going to be late. That that this was going to take up, it was going to take a long time. The Patriots, I think, signed him finally in July, if I'm not mistaken. So I, I didn't hear that there were a bunch of other teams in the market for him, but I think his plan was if there wasn't an opportunity to start, he was going to wait as long as possible, maybe an injury, maybe some sort of a COVID mm. issue at the time. We weren't sure. And then he was going to make his decision. So there would have been some takers. I, I don't know how many legit starting jobs there were for him. And New England felt like the only one at that time. Is Cam's stock better or worse now than it was last offseason? Great question. I think it's worse. I, I do too. too. Yeah, I do too. I think it was even before he got caught because he had a bad season last year. And listen, I will take the bows when I'm right. 
and I'll take the heat when I'm wrong. I really thought Cam would have a good year last year. So because I again, if you look at 19 before he got hurt, he was great. Something's happened physically, it seems. And, and you know, we'll see where the reporting is. AJ, last thing, and we'll take a break. I don't know. I don't know that it's fair or not, but I really do think teams are going to take into account the fact that Cam is not going to get vaccinated. And if you're, well, first of all, we I, don't know if he's going to or not. But it well, he so said far, he's, he's not going resistant. to. Yeah, oh, he, he's been he, resistant. He said that he said well, explicitly, "I'm not going to get vaccinated." No, he said before he has no plans to, and, okay. and clearly he still hasn't done it. Most guys who are going to do it have done it by now. You would think. Yeah, I think that the, the teams are going to be hesitant. Res- some people who resisted. And then there became consequences to it in their work. Other people have relented. But again, I, I think I just wanted to, if he had said, I'm not going to get vaccinated no matter what, that to me is a different statement. You're saying his actions so far show he's not inclined to, and there's nothing to show that he's going to be. I accept that. Yes. And I think that there are teams who look at that as a negative and a reason not to sign a guy. Now, if if, if we're talking some of these other guys who haven't done it, like Josh Allen, if Josh Allen says, uh, which, you know, there, there's there's is the juice worth the squeeze exactly. on some guys? Josh Allen, it is. Cam Newton at this point, I just don't know if it's worth the headache. If there's one thing that we see in the NFL, and, and in a way I like it, is the guys that cause unnecessary, and I'm not putting Cam and the vaccination in that category, but any unnecessary problems, your tolerance extends as far as their talent. If they're a Josh Allen, hey, we're gonna call you want a private plane, you want this, you want that. The minute it's not economically worth it is the minute it ends and it builds up resentment. When that when, when there's a special vindictiveness to the person you want to get rid of, but you can't, the minute you can get rid of them, you can't. It's just a joy because these are powerful people, head coaches, GMs, owners. They the idea that a person is holding them hostage in a way with their crazy demands and you don't have a choice. I mean, Aaron Rodgers to me would be a perfect example of that. If you're the GM of the Packers, do you like that Aaron Rodgers gets to, you know, in a way have leverage over you? The minute Aaron Rodgers isn't as good as uh, that's worth that hassle is the minute that there's joy getting rid of him. Uh, Jonas, last word before the break. Yeah, I'm curious to see what happens next because I do think his stock is down. And I just wonder, look, they, the Patriots also uh, a little while ago released Brian Hoyer as well, too. So oh, this my gosh. Could be, yeah, so Who's this the backup could, quarterback? Jared, Jared Stidham. Stidham. Yeah, so oh my it, gosh. It, it could be a situation, uh, and I was talking to somebody earlier, and they floated out the potential of maybe this is a way that they save money and bring back Cam Newton. That seems like a long shot, but it's going to be interesting to see whether or not uh, you've he's heard back. you've heard others talk about bringing him yeah, back. Yeah, just just like the contractually, if they part ways now and then bring him back, they don't owe him any veteran guarantees. Okay, I think the way that it was worded, but you know, it, it just it seems like if they were going to keep him, they would have just gone ahead and kept him. I, well, I don't know. I, again, I also think that there what wouldn't you agree, Jones? There's a lot of respect that was built up for Cam in New England. Like a shot. Cam, after that Super Bowl, not going for that fumble, there was a real, and all the fashion stuff and the top hats, there was a real sense that this was a, a you know, an unusual duck, as they say. And his talent kind of would paste over that. Yeah. The idea that he went to New England and didn't play well and still was a grinder, I, I would say that's going to help his his his. In hindsight, his reputation, it doesn't. But but I think this is anything. It's financial, but also if they do take him back, hey, it's Cam Newton. Give him a chance to go be a starter. If he can't come back, I, I would not be shocked at that myself. 
Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. So, RJ, we've been talking about the big news in the NFL that broke earlier today. Cam Newton, not only is he not the starting quarterback for the Patriots, he was released by the team. Mac Jones is the guy. So the conversation now turns to who is the betting favorite to land Cam Newton next? The Dallas Cowboys. It kind of makes sense. If you want a <laughs> celebrity backup, it's going to be in Dallas. They are 5-1. to one. Washington, 6-1. to one. The Colts, 6-1. to one. The Pittsburgh Steelers, 6-1. to one. So three tied for second. Washington, Indy, Pittsburgh. The leader, Dallas, at 5-1. to one. By the way, Dallas releases Garrett Gilbert. He can go back to professional wrestling with Dominic DiNucci, also released. He calls himself Ben here. I don't know if he's anglicizing his name or what. <laughs> <laughs> now, what's fascinating about the Patriots having cut Brian Hoyer and going with Stidham is as the crack researcher Mackenzie Rivers came up with is he's on the pup list. So Stidham. So if Stidham is the backup, but he can't play till week seven, Jones, I I mean, I kind of am a mathematician. It doesn't make sense. Who's the backup week one, two, three, four, and five. Yeah, I'm not What's sure. This? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if uh, if uh, Belichick's got a couple throws in his arm or whatnot. But I, I think the feeling there is either more likely scenarios that Brian Hoyer is brought back, or um, or Cam Newton. potentially Cam Newton. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I think this is further evidence. Let Cam have his chance to find a great spot, and then sign him for even you know, like you said, without the guarantee, the veteran guarantee or whatever. Perfect. And also, we talked about it last year. The one thing that you can't deny, Belichick loves Cam Newton. Yeah. Like, he, like he spoke so glowingly about him last year and all through the offseason. And, and one of the jokes was, man, he never even talked about Brady like that. Like, he really appreciated and liked Cam Newton. And so that's, that's what took me by most surprise is that they would just end up cutting him. It feels like there's either got to be something else going on or there's another move that we're waiting on mm-hmm. and it could be them bringing him back. I think it's... In both cases, it's respect. To let him go and go find a, a potential better situation is respect. To resign him would be respect. So, what, what better situation is he going to find than you know well, backing up a rookie start. quarterback? I mean, in theory, it's a valid point. If anything, this shows the optimism. I think the bar was high for Mac Jones to win this job. The odds spoke to it. Mackenzie, did we find actually find out what the best or the biggest payoff was for Mac Jones during the uh, lead up to this? Yes, when the odds first opened in May, it was Newton minus 400 to take the first snap for the Patriots, Mac Jones plus 500. Okay. Well, that can't be. You, you can't get paid more than the lay price, minus 400 plus 500. I might have flipped those. Cam Newton minus 500, Mac Jones (laughs) plus 400. See, see, Joe, there's a lot of hosts that would have just went right by. It's like, wait a minute, I can lay four and take five? Give me, give me, give I like that bet. We are straight out of Vegas. But either way, it's showing you the actual, you know, odds were, you know, minus or minus 500. That's very unlikely. 
and it's happened. And like uh, Mike Lombardi, friend of the show, uh, you know, Belichick friend and um, you know staff member at various points in Cleveland and in New England. He he was very skeptical initially that Mac Jones could even win the job. It was like a rookie. They love Cam. There's not enough time in the preseason. I mean, Mac Jones, I think. And let me see if anyone can debate this. And I'm open. In fact, AJ, I want you. You're stubborn. Try just do it. Even if you don't, <laughs> just go with one. Who had the which among the rookie quarterbacks had a better preseason than Mac Jones? I don't think you can um, name one. Who no, would no. be number two? I mean, right. Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence wasn't all that impressive. No, it wasn't Lawrence. Trey Zach Lance Wilson. Wasn't. Zach Wilson played what, like like 20 snaps? Yeah. I mean, maybe more than that. What I'm saying is this guy, and I'll tell you, to me, guys, this is a big point. It's a big point. And all the wannabe scouts, the quasi-scouts that talk about arm strength and mobility and their stature when they walk off the bus, how they look. Just think of Dad Bod Jones, as they say, or Mac and Cheese with his shirt off and Cam. And the fact that Mac Jones got picked and Cam didn't, I got to tell you something. It makes me like football more because I'm more like Mac Jones physically than I am Cam. I'm not Mac Jones. He was like a 4'7 or whatever. But what I'm saying is we can all relate. Most of us, by definition, are not extraordinary physically. Because extraordinary means extraordinary. It's beyond ordinary. And if that's all it was, who won the genetic lottery or who was uh, so boneheaded that they, all they did was lift in the gym, if that was the only thing that mattered, how fun would any of this be? Right? It's the fact that a Mac Jones can get a win over Cam. Not that I don't like Cam, because I think there's things sad about that. But, man, oh, man, I love that Mac Jones can do it. And I love that Drew Brees could be one of the top ten quarterbacks of all time, even though Jonas is taller than him. How tall are you, Jonas? 6'2". Uh, yeah, you yeah. tower over him. <laughs> but look at you. You're not, you're not a top ten quarterback of all time. No, I'm not even bottom ten quarterback of all time. I'm not, I don't even qualify. <laughs> and, and, and to me, that's the beauty of it. And I mean, just go around the horn, doesn't that? Or let's start with McKenzie, the the the, lead, the most ordinary body amongst us. McKenzie, well, he's tall <laughs> at least. He's tall. How how does that make you feel? Love it. Love seeing Boris Dio succeed. I love when anybody doughy like me gets to succeed in the big time. <laughs> my my basketball game is a lot like Dio. So AJ, what do you think? No, oh, I'm with you. It's we go back to that Brady photo at the combine, and that guy turned into the best quarterback of all time. Best I think football that just, player that, of all time. That makes this. That makes the story even better. All right, Jonas, the best body amongst us. What do you think? Well, no, I mean, I think it's a great story for Mac Jones. I just wonder when did it turn at training camp? When did this all of a sudden go from Cam's going to be the starter? We'll develop Mac Jones to wait a second. What are we waiting for? Let's just you know rip the bandaid off and start over with Mac Jones. Like I, I just wonder when did that turn? I don't know if the Odds indicate it because oh, it never did. It never yeah, that's did. the thing. It, it's, it moved in that direction, and we said in the headlines yesterday the smart whispers were pointing to Mac, but they never. Mac was never even at fifty percent. And uh, here's what I would say: by and I heard this on Undisputed, and it's an interesting one. After the Giants uh, controlled scrimmage against the Giants, when Mac went uh, thirty-five of forty, I think is what they said. 
that Belichick, he was kind of on one knee and they were walking off the, you know, the other players were walking off the field and Belichick went over and apparently gave him a little high five, you know, and you know how Skip is. He created that, that that's the passing of the torch and all that. But again, from what I heard on the rumblings, that practice against the Giants when Cam was actually out because of the COVID concern to speak to AJ's uh, obsession. I mean, point on that <laughs> is the fact that I think it was there. Does that sound right to you, Jonas? Yeah, see, but I had also heard that the next day it didn't go all that well because all of a sudden the Giants started blitzing. But they, they, started... said they, they said the game plan for the practice against them. So in a way, that's ultimate respect. Yeah. They said we can't let that guy do this anymore. Yeah, and it does bring up the interest. We had the conversation, who do you think Belichick wants out there against Brady in week four? And, and I guess I guess we have our answer now. And I'll tell you this. If Cam started, I don't think he would have been pulled before week four because I do think there's a net negative. But then, you know, Skip actually made a great point about that, I thought, which was he said, but if Belichick thinks they can win, and how much credit would Belichick get if he beats Brady with Mac Jones? A lot because it's his quarterback. It's his guy. He's tutoring. If he beat him with Cam – Cam historically has done well against Brady, though I don't understand against Brady. It's been against the Patriots' defense at the time. so But it would feel like less of Belichick's victory if it is had been with Cam, where I think that if Belichick loses, it will be more of a loss. So I think the stakes go up in week four for Belichick because of this decision. What do you think, uh, AJ? Yeah, I think that you know the the decision, like you said, him wanting to put his best foot forward with Tampa. I think all this speaks to is that he felt like now his best best foot forward was with Mac Jones, and uh, I, I think that they, you're right. They would not have made a change before that game happened, but at this point, they feel like that he's their best chance to beat Tampa. Yeah, or maybe not. Maybe not, but the best chance to make the playoffs and win the Super Bowl. Yeah. That's the thing here is to whatever degree this is a smart decision for multiple years, it's a less smart decision for the rest of this year, and it's a less smart decision the game won. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. RJ, we've been talking about the Cam Newton situation. No longer a New England Patriot. He has been released by the Pats. That was the big news earlier today. And it sets up a best bet from one A.J. Hoffman. And what we should say is A.J. may get into the COVID. So his views do not necessarily <laughs> represent those of Fox Sports Radio or R.J. Bell and Jonas Knox. Yeah, I'm going to go with week one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Patriots minus two and a half against the Dolphins. I, I, I feel like the reaction to move is an overreaction to move the Dolphins off of three, which is a key number. And then Belichick, 65% against QBs in their first or second year against the spread. He's won 80% 
straight up, 81 and 21, and you're asking me to cover two and a half, 65, 35, and two against the spread against first or second year quarterbacks. So unless two has just turned into uh, Joe Montana in the offseason, I-, I think that he's going to struggle against Belichick. I don't think it really matters who the quarterback is. And the fact that I've gotten off that key number, I feel good about the, uh, the, the Patriots minus two and a half against the Dolphins week one. I would agree in the following way. I'd much rather have Patriots minus two and a half with Mac Jones than Patriots minus three with Cam. So I don't know if I love the pick, but I think it's the better of the two options. I think you're being triggered to bet the game based upon the line move is, is sound thinking, AJ. It's funny because... As you know, during the break, Jonas AJ was like, "What is it with you and Cam?" I go, "I don't particularly like Cam style. I don't, you know, but I respect that he's taken a lot of hits. He could have, you know, we get we give a lot of heat to quarterbacks or anyone that makes business decisions. Like as a society, we don't like them not playing hard because we said, I remember back in ninth grade, I once had a choice and I hit and you know my my back still messed up. You you know a lot of people that haven't sniffed an NFL field will talk about how tough they are. I don't like the business decisions either. I you know you're getting millions play hard. Cam didn't make those. Cam took a lot of hits, and at 32, it feels like it's too young for him to be done yeah physically washed up now you could make the case well rj cam over leaned on his physical skills which were extraordinary and he didn't learn technique and footwork and this and that didn't put the time in the film room film room and then finally when the physical skills went from 99.999 percent to like maybe one or two less nines but still 99 plus he can't do it now you know what i hear you and there is a consequence to that potentially but the thing that I really lament, and we're straight out of Vegas, I'm R.J. Bell, is 32 is too young for it to be too late to change. And I see this all the time with athletes. I hate them when they're immature. I hate that they were entitled enough to be this way or be that way and be above it all. And even if they're from an impoverished upbringing, oftentimes – the coaches and the AAU and basketball and all that enable. And it's like, let them do what they want, enable that, and then they'll like you more because they're kids. What, what do kids want? Less structure. They want less parental supervision or supervision at all. I certainly did. I, I love when my parents went. When I was 16, they went away. It was a party, and literally, and figuratively. But, but the reality is that's when you need that instruction the most, and kids aren't in a position to judge that. And with a lot of athletes, they're able to skip that part, a lot of it. And thus, how would they be anything but spoiled and entitled at age 23, 24, 25? That's who wouldn't be. I was and I didn't have any of those advantages. I was stupid in many ways. No one's going to tell you how wise they were at 21. If If they say that, they're foolish. So to me, if we're all like that, But all of us get to say, yep, that's when I was a kid, ha, ha, ha. And then you move on to your career. Anyone at 28 that that grows up other than athletes and then they're 48 and they got a great career or a business, no one says anything about what they did when they were 25. But with athletes, you're, you're that person forever, it seems like, in the public's mind. And when you do start trying to grow up, and it feels like Cam has... Because how else could he be beloved in New England? It's too late. 
not just to change the mindset in people's minds, but the fact is the bad habits he learned at 23 and 24 probably can't be unlearned. I agree, and you talked about Josh Allen and the jump that he made as a quarterback last year and how it's just unheard of to see it. The the reality is if Josh Allen did that at age 32 – it would be even more ridiculous, and that's what you're, you're. If you really think Cam has something left in the tank, you'd you'd have to ask for something like that to happen in his career at this point, and it just seems so unlikely. But here's the question: with Josh Allen, is was it about bad habits? Was it about him being immature, or was it he never was taught, or whatever it was it was missing finally got injected into it by the Buffalo staff, and there he is, he's looking great, and he, you know we'll see if he regresses. But to me, if all of us are on a certain journey, but athletes have to, they're more inclined to be spoiled. And if they are, like most are, if they don't have time to grow up, that does seem kind of tragic to me. Now, he's a millionaire, but maybe tragic's not the word, but it does seem unfair. (laughs) 